friends from home for my Italian friends the Italian transmission is at 10 o'clock in the morning per tutti i miei amici italiani la trasmissione in italiano è alle 10 di mattina okay good morning everybody good morning and welcome to two minutes <laughs> two minutes 32 minutes uh, of hope with Mario oh they say that it takes 26 minutes 26 minutes 26 muscles to smile and 62 to frown. So come on, guys, let's save some energy. <laughs> let's smile. <laughs> yeah, let's smile. Hallelujah. That is, what, that is what I was called to do. I was called to make people smile. How's that for calling? <laughs> you need a special face to have a type of calling. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Let's, let's just have quickly uh, the song of my, my friend Bobby Michaels and let's just give glory where glory belongs and then we get going to start, okay? Thank you. 
interesting, yeah, and then we stopped this music, uh, yeah, okay, just, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice song, but let me stop it, there we go, and there we go, okay, <laughs> all right, good morning, good morning, Sonia, good morning, my precious friend, I love you, okay, good morning, now, uh, this week we've been talking about, um, about David, and we we've been talking about uh, how to uh, take down the giants in your life. And uh, we've looked at uh, number five, the number that represents grace, and the fact that five is represented by H and N. H in the ancient Hebrew language is represented by a man with his uh, arms raised, and, um, and, and it means breath, it means, uh, it means um, uh, spirit, and, uh, and then... Uh, uh, N, the, the, the letter N is the, the word noon, and noon is, um, noon is, um, represents a seed, um, a sprout, something that goes on and on and on and on. So, you could, you could translate the word five with the breath that goes on and on and on and on. Yes, and, uh, that's, that, that is a representation of grace because grace goes on and on and on and on and on. And you can see that in, in Romans 5.20, Paul says, where sin abounds and tries to suffocate you, like this damn virus, forgive my, forgive my French, but this, uh, this horrible virus that some people say has been sent by God, and ah, such a, that's blasphemy. That is real blasphemy. Blasphemy is that, uh, that, that God, a loving God, could send uh, such, a, such a horrible virus uh, such a horrible, lethal, um, filthy, uh, infernal, demonic uh, virus uh, like coronavirus. And yet there are some Christians, Christians, that say that God sent this virus to, to show the, the world the wrong ways and that uh, they must uh, kneel down. And, and let me ask you something. If that was the case, if the virus was sent by God, shouldn't we as children of God help him? In other words, shouldn't we go and lay hands on infected people and go infect everybody else? Because if God is sending the virus for a purpose to make the world see the evil of their ways and to then bow down and to Chronicles 7.14, the people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and change, turn from their evil ways and pray, then I will hear from heaven, baloney, Greek word for idiots. No. God didn't send this virus. Hell sent this virus. Uh, the, 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 the infected world sent this virus. This pregnant world, pregnant of sin, pregnant of evil. This earth that has been cursed since the Garden of Eden because of Adam. This, this is what sends it. And, and so please, please, please get out of that. Of that thinking that says God sent this virus. No, God didn't send this virus. It's no in Italian, it's no in English, it's no in Hebrew, it's no in Greek, it's no in Afrikaans, it's no in, in all the language of the world. No, he did not send this virus. Our God is a good God. And so, anyway, so where sin abounds, Romans 5.20, where sin abounds and tries to suffocate you, the breath of grace continues, goes on and on and on and on, uh, and uh, the breath, it's, it, there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful 
couple of uh, words in Genesis chapter 2 when, when the Bible says that, uh, that God breathed into uh, Adam's nostrils the breath of life. And those two words are the breath of life, nesama ha'i, um, the breath of life, nesama, the breath, the spirit, the breath of life, and then he, um, or hey, that, uh, that's life. That is the, 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 the one of the two letters that appear in the tetragram in the name of God, uh, Jehovah or Yahweh, um, Y-H-W-H, Yod, uh, Hey, Vav, Hey, and, and twice, twice the letter Hey, which represents life, uh, appears in this, uh, in this name of God. Why? Because I am, I exist, I am the source of existence, I am the source of life. I am that I am. Hi, uh, Yod, Hi, Vav, Hi, Ace. Okay, let's go. So, uh, that's what Genesis 2. Um, this week we're talking about David, and uh, um, we're talking about the fact that yesterday we, we spoke about how to take down your giants, the power of the fifth choice, the, the choice uh, of, uh, of, of God that he didn't choose when, he went, when, when Samuel went to anoint David in the house of uh, Jesse. He didn't uh, choose Eliab, he didn't choose Aminadab, he didn't choose Shammah, he didn't choose Saul, but he chose David. David, David from the Hebrew verb uh, dod, which means to love. And so David, the beloved of God, it represents grace, represents the result of love is grace. I will forgive you, I will protect you, I will pardon you, I will, I will keep you safe in the, in the shell uh, uh, of my love so that nothing and nowhere can ever separate you from me and from my love. So, this morning we, uh, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and we know that the whole story is based, the whole history of Israel is based on this one verse, uh, 117.50 that says, So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. Uh, and that is basically the understanding of grace. There was no weapon in, in the hand of David. So, um, so we're looking at how to uh, take down the giants in your life. And this morning, I want to talk, I want to, talk to, to you about this. To kill your giant, you need to avoid four traps. And five have a revelation of the grace of God. Okay, so um, uh, four traps and the fifth, the one, the fifth thing that you need is a revelation of grace. Now watch, man, watch. Uh, so giant, uh, so the, the whole thing is based on the fact that David killed the giant, okay? Uh, the, the story is this, uh, David is anointed by, by, by Samuel um, and uh, he, um, he then goes back to, to, to tend the sheep. Uh, in the meantime, there's a war with the Philistines, and then this giant that taunts the armies of Israel and makes fun of them, and, uh, and for 40 days he appears and makes fun of them, and Israel is scared, Saul is scared, everybody is, is, is chickening out, and uh, uh, Jesse tells David, his son, to, uh, to take some, um, some, uh, some food, and take this food and take it to his brothers on the front line. And so David goes and he gets there and he sees the giant 
and we all know the story. Eventually, he gets he gets uh, up to here with with the giant, and he goes and he takes him out. Okay, so now four traps that could have stopped David in his quest to or in his adventure because he didn't he didn't know. I mean, David didn't. David didn't have a Bible that said, and David killed the giant. <laughs> so he didn't know he was going to kill the giant. He didn't know. He just went there. And I will tell you how and when and, and, and why. But um, so how this adventure, in this adventure, four traps could have stopped David in this, in this happening, in this adventure. Uh, but, but David had one revelation, and that's why he did it. So the first, the first trap... We find in verse 17, 1, uh, 1 Samuel 17 and verse 17, and this is what he says. It says, Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers, um, and run to your brothers at the camp. So now, what is the trap? The trap is arrogance. The trap is arrogance because David could have said, Hey, who do you think you're talking to? I am Malach David, the King Israel. I have been anointed by the prophet Samuel. Remember, remember Samuel, the guy that cuts up uh, the, the, the enemy king, uh, Gag? Uh, yeah, that guy, he came and he poured from a horn, not from a flask, from a horn, he poured on my head the oil of anointing. So I am the king. So who do you, who do you think you're talking to? You want to send somebody? Send Eliab, send that man, send, send Shammah, send one of your kids. But I am the king of Israel. I don't do these things. Arrogance. It is due to me. This is the attitude of, uh, of um, large, of majority, if I dare say so, of young people today. When it is due to me. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, um, it's a philosophy of, uh, of uh, um, what do you call it? The philosophy of it is due to me. The government needs to give me a job, they need to give me a house, they need to give me food, they need to give me money, they need to give me a telephone, and the children, the parents, I need to have a telephone and a, a, an iPhone, and an entitlement, the theory of entitlement. And I need to have this, and I need to have that, and I, the, go and clean your room. No, don't clean my room, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have to do that. You clean my room. And, and so this this philosophy of entitlement, it is due to me, of this arrogance, could have stopped David from going to the front line and killed the giant, and could have, would have changed the history of Israel. Because there's a lot of people that are not prepared to do the menial things in life in order to achieve the greater things. And I will not take the bread and the cheese to my brothers on the front line because I am the king. I am the son in the house. I am. Uh, I am uh, the I'm whatever. I, I just I'm alive because I'm alive because I breathe. I'm entitled to uh, this and that and that and that. And I don't do those things. I don't work for my job. You need to. You need to give me money. I don't do this in order to have a roof over my head. No, you need to give me a roof over my head. You uh, you need to pay for my electricity. You need to pay for my water. You need to pay for my rates and taxes. No, me, I live in your house and I eat your food. But you understand what I'm saying? So David could have could have could have not. Uh, thanks, my love. 
<laughs> my baby comes to my to my aid with the right word. And so um, David could have could have uh, not gone to the front line and and therefore not killed the giant and therefore changed forever the history of Israel because of his theory, because of this philosophy of entitlement. It is due to me, so therefore I will not do it. So first trap, first trap, second trap, um, Israel, Israel, we find it in 1716 in, in, the, in the preceding verse, and it says this, and the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening, for 40 days, 40 in the Bible is a number of testing. So 40, for 40 days, Goliath uh, comes and taunts the, the armies of Israel and, they, and, 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 and the people of Israel. So now David finally finds himself surrounded by negative people. By people that have been for 40 days, have been hiding in a hole, hiding in a cave, hiding away from this giant, people that will say to you, no, you can't do it, you can't fight this, this, this virus, it's too much, no, we, we, it's going to kill us all, it's the end of the world, it's God's judgment. No, it's not God's judgment. You don't stop God's judgment with a vaccine. And like I said to you, if this was God's judgment, then it's your duty as a child of God to impose on all those you know, God's judgment. So go get yourself infected, go get yourself infected, and then go infect as many people as you can. Don't wear masks, don't wear masks, just go and infect everybody, spit on everybody, <laughs> cough on everybody. Because you're the son of God and God is judging the world, so you need to do the will of your father. Can you understand the idiocy of something like that? No, but... Some, some Christians are so negative. No, it's, this is the will of God. This is not the will of God. This is not the will of God. The will of God is life and life abundant. So, you, when you surround yourself with negative people, when you surround yourself with people that always see the dark in, in, the, in, in things, and, the, and this, you know, the, they see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they say, ah, it's a train coming. There's always something, there's always something terrible, there's always something uh, horrible, there's always something negative. You know what I'm talking about. There's negative people that walk around with a cloud on their head and a crow on their shoulder. Car, car, car. Those people that, bleh. so stay away because what happens is that, uh, uh, what happened to the 12 spies? Remember the 12 spies? God kept his word. He took Israel in a matter of weeks. He took, he took Israel at the border of the promised land. So he kept his word. He said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. And you know why I'm saying this? I'm saying this because i got some, some atheists, uh, friends, uh, agnostics, I like to call them, some unbelievers, that tell me, what kind of a, what kind of a God will, will take his people, will promise his people, I'll take you to a promised land, and then for 40 years keep them in the, in the desert. No, 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 wait a minute. The desert was their choice. The choice of God was a few weeks in the desert and then the promised land. They get to the Jordan, Moses sent 12 spies into, uh, on the other side of the river into the promised land. Ten of them come back 
with a with a negative report, with a horrible report, with a fearful report, with a, with a with a crow and cloud and black cloud report, and say no 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 we, we won't be able to take the land. There's giants there. We can't take the giants. And two Joshua and Caleb come back and they say hey giants what, what giants what our God is bigger than the giants. So let's go in and take them. Have you seen the size of the grapes? Have you seen the size of the the the, the fruit that we brought back? Come on, let's go and take it. But unfortunately. The negative people prevailed. So please, 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 free yourself. Okay, now we're in lockdown, so maybe they live in your house. So it's going to be a bit difficult. But free yourself from negative people. Because that could be a trap. David could have gone there, and Israel could have, could have infected him with, a, with, a, with this negativity. And he could have said, uh, no, you can't, you can't take down that, that giant. Can't do it. it, it too big, too big. I'm going back. Okay, so first trap, arrogance, second trap, attitude. Third trap, interesting, verse 28. Verse 28. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. What, what, is, what is the third trap? The third trap is offense. Because David could have been offended at his older brother, at what he said, and could have been fighting the wrong enemy. He could have, he could have got into a fight with his brother instead of Goliath. And let me tell you something, husbands. Let me tell you something, wives. Let me tell you something, children and parents. Sometimes what we do is we fight the wrong enemy. Instead of fighting the devil that tries to destroy our marriage, we fight our wife, we fight our husband, we fight our children, we fight, there's a, there's a giant out there that wants to destroy your family, and, and, and you, instead of fighting the real enemy, you fight your husband, or you fight your wife, or you fight your children, or you fight somebody else. It's a wrong fight. Why? Because you've been offended. And you need to understand that if you don't take down the real giant, your offense will turn into death eventually. Death of your marriage, death of your relationship, death of your relationship with your children, death of death of something, because that offense is terrible. The offense is terrible. Look what happened to, to John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in jail. John the Baptist was in jail and he hears of all the, all the miracles that Jesus is performing. And, uh, and then he hears something that really troubles him. Jesus is at Capernaum. Capernaum is like Hermanus. Jesus was at the sea. Jesus was at the holiday place. Capernaum was a holiday place. It was a beautiful place. John is rotting in prison uh, in the middle of the desert in the heat. And Jesus is... is uh, so he sends two of his disciples questions. John, why do you, have, you still have disciples? After the, after the Spirit descended from the sky, the, 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 the sky opened and the voice of God thundered and said, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And you saw it, and you saw that he unto whom the Spirit descended was the Christ, the Son of the living God. And you should have pulled yourself out of the, out of the scene and said, Guys, don't follow me, follow him. But you still had disciples. Ah, maybe there was a little bit of a pride involved in there, wasn't there? His ministry was going on while his ministry was disappearing. And so what happens? He's in jail. He hears of all the, ministry, of all the miracles. And he sent two of his disciples to ask him, Are you the one or should we, should we wait for somebody else? Are you kidding me? I mean, didn't you see that thing? But you see, offense 
will blind your eyes and will make you look at this at the, at the at the at the at the bars in your in your jail instead of looking at the outside that beckons you. So you concentrate on the bars instead of the outside, and the offense will keep you trapped inside. And David could have been trapped by the, by offense and could have been fighting Eliab instead of fighting the real enemy, um, Goliath. Look at the difference between the, the Syrophoenician woman. Oh, Jesus. The Syrophoenician woman goes to Jesus and says, Lord, my, my daughter is at home and she's, she's all messed up with a demon. And Jesus turns around and calls her a dog. She could have got offended. She could have said, hey, you, Jew, who are you calling dog? Yeah, go, go away, man. And her daughter would have, would have stayed sick. But the Syrophoenician woman didn't get upset, didn't get offended. She kept on asking Jesus. And Jesus eventually, she said, even, even the little dogs uh, can eat the, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus turned around and said, great is your faith, now go, your daughter is free. So you see, if, instead of getting offended and losing the result, losing the battle, losing the possibility of destroying the giant, which was killing her daughter, she could be offended by Jesus, but she didn't. And she kept on, she kept that focus, the right focus instead of, in front of her. And the same thing is with you and the family. Keep the right focus. Your wife is important. Your husband is important. Your children, your family is important. Not that momentary offense or not that momentary sense of a sense of pride that has been. So, so stand up and fight the real giant. Don't fight the wrong one and fall into the trap. Okay. Harrowing's attitude of things. Fourth one. We, we'll find it in verse 33. 33. And this is what it says. 33. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Celestine to fight with him, for you are a youth. And he, a man of war from his youth. The fourth trap that David could have fallen in was self-pity. Because hey, this is, this is Saul, the king, telling you, you haven't got what it takes. And the fact is that it's true. <laughs> it's true because, because uh, uh, David was ruddy of, of pleasant aspect and with, with beautiful eyes. <laughs> the, the, the qualities that you need to kill a giant, don't you? You go there and you go, ah, and the giant dies. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. So... This is the truth. He has been a warrior for all his life and you are nothing more than a kid. But you see, David had a certain revelation that we've talked about just now and he could have fallen into the, 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 the trap of self-pity and he could have said, yeah, I, I'm not educated enough. I'm not anointed enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough education. Uh, or do what uh, Moses did with God when God told him to go and uh, tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He could have said, so sorry, Moses was stuck. Who am I? Who am I that I could go? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And God says, it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who sent you. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who's in you. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who your father is. 
And so David could have fallen into the strap. But he didn't. He didn't. David was so beautiful. He didn't, he didn't fall into the trap of arrogance. He didn't fall into the trap of attitude. He didn't fall into the trap of offense. He didn't fall into the trap of self-pity. And all of a sudden, 1745, watch what he says. 1745, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defiled. Not in my name. That is the revelation of grace. I'm not coming in my name. And, and it doesn't, it, I'm not going to take the giant down because of who I am. I'm going to take the giant down because of who my father is. I'm coming in his name. I'm coming in his strength. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm coming in the strength of God. I'm coming in the name of my father. And there's no giant that can stand in the face of my father. And I'm not coming with my sword. And I'm not coming with my strength. And I'm not coming in my name. I'm coming in the name who sent me. And his name is the God of the universe. Glory to God. And in my case, in the case of uh, Christians, his name is Abba, Daddy. And that's why I can take down my giants. So four traps, arrogance, attitude, offense, self-pity. One revelation, the glory belongs to God. When you got that, you can take your giants down in your life. Don't ever say, my God, look how big is this giant. But rather say, hey, giant, check out how big is my God. Amen. Abba, Daddy, God, thank you so much for your presence and your love, your grace, your magnificence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your smile. Thank you for everything you are, my God. Thank you that right now I can look the giants straight in the eye and stay not in my name, but in the name of my Father. You are coming down in Jesus' name. And Abba, Daddy, God, I'm asking you to bless every one who is watching now, every brother, every sister, every person that's watching now will watch later on. I'm asking you, Father, to, to, to just hold them close to your heart, me in you, you in me, us in them, me, your favorite disciple, the disciple that you love. I'm asking you, bless those who are looking, bless South Africa, Father, and keep that virus back into hell where it comes from. In Jesus' name. Amen. Big hug. Love you. See you tomorrow. Bye.